0: Reading from Praise News from Miller Carotter's newsletter. You can get your own newsletter at foundationofpraise.org and sign up on the computer. I've been getting these newsletters since the 80s, folks. This letter here comes to us from November 2023 this month. I'm going to go ahead and read the wife, Mary Carotter's his her spin on the Bible study. She says, God sent Elijah to the brook called Cherith. He did this because there was a drought coming on the land. Elijah was to drink from the brook and the birds would bring him food each day. Although many others in the land were suffering from the results of the drought, God had made provisions for Elijah. As time went by, Elijah must have been aware that the brook was beginning to dry up. Perhaps he had to scoop out a hollow in order to catch a bit of water to drink. The provisions of God was no longer abundant, but it was sufficient. God's provision for us is always sufficient. We may not live in a nice palace as we would like, and our transportation may not be a Rolls Royce, perhaps, our job is below our ability level. All these things are very humbling. We want a better standard of living, more money in our pockets. But God's provision is sufficient, as the Apostle Paul said in 1 Timothy 6, eight. If we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Paul didn't have a home of his own, not even a room in someone else's home. He certainly didn't have a closet full of clothes or a pantry of food. But God's provision for Elijah and Paul was sufficient. 1 Kings 17, 7 tells us, Sometime later, the brook dried up. Then and only then did the Lord tell Elijah to go to Seraphat and sit on. Do you think Elijah was anxious as the brook began drying up? Did he worry about what he would do when the water was all gone? Or do you think he trusted God? We really can't know, can we? What we do know is that God provided, not abundantly, but sufficiently. He provided a brook for a time, and later he provided a widow to take care of Elijah, and he will provide for his own. Those he has purchased with the blood of his son, Jesus, sometimes abundantly, sometimes barely. Either way, God wants us to know that his provision is sufficient. Let's trust Him to know what's best for each of us at every point in our lives. The Lord alone is our security. Amen and amen. Now remember, Marilyn and Mary Carotters, uh, they're the ones who run foundationofpraise.org. Well, Marilyn has gone to be with the 10 years ago, he passed away. And he was born in 1924. And I spoke to him in the phone. I called maybe 20 years ago. I called over there to get some more books. And he answered the phone. And, and I asked him, I said, Marilyn, what are you doing there? And he goes, well, I'm known to come in here once in a while. And you know, I was just surprised that he answered the phone. And we talked. And I sent him letters back and forth. And he write me back he would respectfully say in his letter oh you have interesting stories i was telling him how uh, uh, many miracles had happened after i read his book and it's surprising how many thousands of letters they have probably have and probably would have published but they don't have the staff to write those letters they give so many books away to prisons ministries all over the place His book has been translated into 58 languages. It has brought many people to the Lord. And he didn't didn't expect, excuse me, he wasn't expecting it to be a salvation message. He was just giving a testimony how he came to the Lord and his capers in and out of uh, the army. Let me read some of the things that people wrote in about reading the book. Thank you so much for the blessing you are and the precious memory of of Marilyn. His books have blessed me over and over. I freely give copies to others. Faith from Pennsylvania. I read You Can Be Happy Now, and it is heart healing and soul recharging, and I have passed it along to other inmates. We all love it so much. Mandy County Jail, Washington. Thank you for all you do at the Foundation of Praise, We love all your praise books and share them with many people. We never get tired of praising the Lord and teaching others about praising God. John and Suzanne from Texas. Maryland books are helping me to spread the gospel in the dark and sad world. Everyone wants happiness and the joy of the Lord, and it's being sought after like never before, and your ministry inspires just that. Lori from Montana. We so appreciate the foundation of praise what Marilyn's books have done for us, Linda and Gary at Kansas City. God bless your ministry and all the souls you have teached around the world. Albert from Indonesia. I am 86 years old. When I was in my 30s, I picked up Prison of Praise and read it many times. I still have that copy. Later, I read Power and Praise and it changed my life. I cannot begin to say how thankful I am for Marilyn's books. I appreciate your ministry so much, and will always have a special love for Marilyn. Dorothy from Arkansas. Praise from Kindle readers. I would urge everyone to read all of Marilyn's books, and your life will be transformed. You will never know joy like you will once you're wholeheartedly follow what God has revealed to him. Mind blowing. You Can Be Happy Now is a wonderful book, and Marilyn convinced me he does what he teaches, and as I practice his lessons, I am definitely happier. I recommend this book to anyone wanting to find more joy and happiness. Thank God for all the remarkable books written by Marilyn. I will strongly encourage everyone to read all his books. They have changed my life. You know, I'm reading uh You Can Be Happy Now. I'm about halfway and I'm recording it in this podcast. Happy Now, is called. And man, it is packed with one nugget after another. The Holy Spirit is on a roll. And it's amazing. You know, we have new inventions coming in. And you always say, well, why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I think of that? And sure enough putting words together in a very small format. And I said, wow, why didn't I think of that? That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit working. Here's some more things about the book Prison to Praise. Thank you for Prison to Praise. I know that the men here find comfort and encouragement in these books. Your ministry is valuable, too, for helping these men to cope with the situation that the prison environment brings chaplain florida thank you for your ministry and the prison Praise books your foundation provides supplement and strengthens your our ministry to those we serve in the Motnoma jail chaplain in oregon i want to express my gratitude in your ministry for the faithful giving of prisoner praise to the wiawa correctional chapel our men will grow in the word thanks to the inspirational messages provided in your books. A chaplain from Illinois. I am incarcerated in the Henrico County Jail and I read Prisoner Praise. It touched me in a way that words cannot explain. I would love more of your books so that I can continue to grow in the Lord. Margaret from Pennsylvania. We bought a large quantity of Prisoner Praise to pass out at my husband's funeral. We had lots of books left, so I started handling them out with a dollar bill to the homeless. And my son and I always carry copies to hand out on our errands and trips. You know, um, one day, we was, I started going to the Seventh-day Adventist to uh, rest on Saturday and study the amazing Bible studies there. And... Uh, I handed books out to the people, and they gladly took it, you know. They saw the joy in, in my wife's heart and me, and we're just there and loving people. And then after a while, we passed out those books, and then we got invited to a luncheon, maybe after a few months, to someone's home. And they said there was going to be a lot of people there, and there's going to be a Bible study, blah, blah. And so we went. It was a beautiful house, and there were tables, and there was dignified ladies there and couples. I mean, you know, there were they were their right weight and their right appearance for their age and well manicured and cultured. And they were passing out prison of praise books and they were studying. And, the, and I don't know who the lady was. And she was saying, this is an amazing book to change your life. And she lift up the book, Prisoner of Praise. And and went out to give us a a lesson in it. And huh, where did that come from? You know, it was amazed that the, the the seeds and they sprout and they grow. Oh man, Gary from Arizona says, "Prisoner praise changed my life. I now understand why I have not been very effective Christian." Thank you, Betty from Montana says. I first read Prisoner of Praise 10 years ago and have since read it many times, along with Marilyn's other books. He had had such a way of telling his stories that reached my heart and conveyed God's word in such a meaningful way that continues to strengthen my faith in the Lord. Thank you for continuing his work of spreading the message of praise and the Gospels. I look forward to passing out these books to others. Mary, I would always look forward to your faithful and meaningful articles in Praise News. And that's one of the ones articles I just read to you right now about Elijah. Prison of Praise is life-changing. I have bought copies to give to family members. Lorraine from uh, M.E. I don't know. What a joy it is has given to me to read Prison of Praise. I'm not even... Through reading it, I don't want to put it down and I'm anxious to read all the other books. Beth from South Dakota. And now let me read another article by Mary Caroters. Last week, I listened as some folks talked about how hard it was to forgive a person who has done something bad to them. It's not too likely that anyone reaches adulthood without having experienced situations where they felt betrayed. Because of this, whether we decide to forgive someone or not, it's important to know what God has to say about it. Tonight, I read in Matthew eighteen twenty-one, where Peter asked Jesus how many times he should forgive his brother. and his response to Peter, Jesus tells a parable about forgiving. A very wealthy king decided it was high time for some folks who owe him money to pay him. He called in one fellow who owed him a huge amount. When the fellow begged for more time to pay the king, he has compassion for him and even goes so far as to forgive the debt and wipe out his slate clean. Imagine how elated that man must have felt. He wouldn't have to go to debtor's prison. He was a free man. Well, surprise, surprise, instead of rushing home to share the good news with his family, he wants to do something else. He finds a man who owes him a very small amount and demands instant payment. When the other man acts the same way and begs for time to pay him, do you think the recently forgiven man shows compassion and mercy? No, he throws the debtor into prison until he pays his debt, if he ever can. When the king discovers that he what has been going on, he calls in the unforgiving man. He rebukes him for not forgiving his fellow man and commands that he be cast into prison virtually forever. Now here's the scary part. Jesus told his listeners that God would do the same to us if we don't forgive those who harm us or those we love. The disciple wanted Jesus to teach them how to pray. He responded with what has come to be called the Lord's Prayer, part of which includes, Forgive us of our sins just as we forgive those who sin against us. Matthew 6. Jesus goes on in verses 15 to say, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins... Your Father will not forgive your sins. Why then do many of us have a problem with trying to forgive others? It is because we think we must feel forgiving. But the act of forgiving someone is an act of our will. It has nothing to do with our emotions. We simply determine with our will to forgive someone. Because Jesus commands us to. When those feelings of unforgiveness arise, and they will... We then need to think of all Jesus has forgiven us, all of it. This is a great opportunity to begin to thank and praise Jesus for his forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, for taking God's punishment for my sins. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me and making me your child. I know it was my sins that caused your suffering and death. I love you, God, for your great plan of salvation. Amen and amen. Now I've got two more articles to read. So I'm trying to get these two letters in. Marilyn Carotters has an article called The Impossible. And it says, as I get older, I no longer have the same temptations that I once had. Now I have the older folks once. Young people are sometimes tempted to think, I can't do it. No matter how qualified they may be, they will never do their best if they accept the I-can't-do-it attitude. Each one of us understands the I-can't-do-it feeling. We can think, I'm too tired to do anything, or my body is sick. Perhaps we feel like I don't know how to do anything special, or even I don't have the time. We are tempted to think of all the reasons why we can't do something that will build God's kingdom. Our bodies will become older and slower, but our attitudes need to be controlled by that. God may have designed our later days to accomplish far more than ever before. We can learn the meaning of, not by might, nor by power, but my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. You will succeed because of my spirit, though you are few and weak. Zechariah 4, 6, The Living Bible. God is seeking people of any age to accomplish the impossible. In one day, we could achieve something that will cause a multitude of people to spend eternity in heaven. What should we do? We can meditate on God's word. We can listen to the Holy Spirit. He will teach us as we learn to listen. The Bible tells us many very ordinary men and women through whom God accomplished amazing miracles. Why? Because they believed him. We are limited only by our faith. We know that God has planned for us to believe today that helps us believe that God has a mission for us. Maybe there is a person living near you that is so ungodly that everyone has given up on trying to help them. Receiving Jesus as Savior. God may have brought you to this time and place to bring that person into his family. That person is so valuable in God's eyes that he will reward the one who helps him. There are many hurting people who do not know even one Christian who has tried to tell them about Jesus. You and I can become that one person. What blessings might God give to the person who causes impossible things to happen? Let's not limit our Lord. He is the mighty creator. Nothing is beyond his power. He can do anything through you and me if we are willing for him to work through us. His blessings are greater than we can even imagine. We should not listen to the voice that whispers, You will never be used by God to do great things. Jesus invites everyone who believes in him to accomplish impossible things. He gives us reason to accomplish and stretch our fate when he said we could move mountains. If we believe him, God will help any one of us to do what others do not believe can be done. Paul believed and wrote, I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4, 13. The impossible. Amen and amen. Our next letter is is Pushing Buttons by Marilyn Crotters. No matter how spiritual we are, we all have buttons that can be pushed. They are like a silent switch turned on and off. Sometimes without a sound, we often are not aware of just how they are pushed, but we are aware of the results. Some people learn what buttons they can push to make us angry, unhappy, or manipulative, or manipulate us to get what they want. We all have things that we should avoid, places or people that stir up our wrong passions and desires, things that causes us to lose needed sleep, or the list could go on and on. Certain things causes us to act in ways that are not good for us, either physically or spiritually. In other words, we may suffer if we permit the wrong buttons to be pushed. For example, there are times in the day when I especially want to think about something good to eat, something that might not be best for me. If I think about such a tasty item, eventually I will decide it will be okay for me to have just a little, then maybe just a little more. Then, that's the way it is with buttons. If we begin thinking about something that we enjoy doing, we may quickly be persuaded to do it. Satan is a master at pushing buttons. At button pushing. He did that to Adam and Eve and it worked. They responded to the suggestion he gave them. He tried the same with Jesus, but Christ would have none of it. He would not accept Satan's thoughts, whether they came through people he loved or from thoughts that Satan directed his way. What can we do? What provisions have God provided to help us? We can learn how to make it increasingly difficult for things or people to control our thoughts. Jesus set his mind to think only the thoughts that would please his Father. God tells us what to think about, and this is often the solution to many of our problems. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable... If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Philippians 4.8 I V. When we have unhappy, troubled, angry, or resentful thoughts, we can quote this verse and see if our thoughts agree with God's direction. We may be thinking of something that is true, but is it also admirable? Is it pure and excellent? If not, we can turn our thoughts towards things that we know God will use to bless others and ourselves. Often I realize that my thoughts were not fitting into God's plan of what I should be thinking about. When I redirect my thoughts, I sense joy stirring in my heart. When I'm happy, I think about ways to help others to be happy. I think about you and how I want to help you to have the joy of the Lord from Nehemiah 810, NIV. Amen and amen. And another thing that I do when my thoughts are are thinking about I should have had real estate or bought this or hang on to that girl, I start thanking that I'm God that I messed up. Thank you, God, I did that. Thank you, God, I said the wrong thing. Thank you, I didn't act on it. And I stop that emotional drainage imagination that's pulling me that way. Today's the day that we have. Yesterday's gone. We thank God for our actions. Today is the day that we call upon God. We call upon the Lord and we give him praise and thanksgiving for this day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Repeat after me. Say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. May the Lord bless you and keep you, smile on you, hold you, establish you, protect you, and carry you on. Thank you for coming on today's podcast. Let's get out there and give the people heaven.